0: Hi, and welcome to the Savage Podcast. I'm Rose, and I'm a content creator going by the handle Cheap Lazy Vegan. And I also own a vegan cafe by the same name as the podcast, which is Savage Cafe.
1: And I'm Daniel, also a vegan and one of your favorite guest stars on Cheap Lazy Vegan's YouTube channel.
0: We're two friends currently living in different countries, and we'll be giving our savage take on all things life, veganism, and the latest trending topics.
1: So, basically, whatever comes to our minds, because we love to talk.
0: You are currently listening to the previous episode of this podcast, but if you would like to listen to this week's episode and get some exclusive content, go over to patreon.com slash thesavagepodcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Savage Podcast.
1: Hey, guys.
0: So today we are doing. <laughs> why are you so awkward? I don't know. I just don't no matter know how I mean. no matter how many times we record these, the intro is always very awkward. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why. Anyway, anyway, today is a special episode. We are doing mm-hmm. the Savage Slice episode. Is this three?
1: This is the Savage Slice number three.
0: Number three. So yeah. if you guys are not familiar with the Savage Slice, it is the the segment of our <laughs> podcast.
1: You, this is, yeah, the segment of our podcast, of where which we,
0: we discuss
1: are we basically... <laughs> <laughs>
0: like we can't even do Why this can't today. we like... Okay, so it is basically where we respond to your, you know, inquiries and your problems and yeah. we give our advice yeah. on your issues. From
1: 2 uh in caveat this, unqualified <laughs> professionals. So it's like kind of you guys submit stuff to us via email or Instagram on our DMs. Yes. And we kind of just discuss this as if we were sitting at a table with you having dinner as your friends and telling us what our take is on this particular situation
0: yes so welcome to episode three yeah. of the savage slice should we just jump we right di- in we're
1: gonna dive Let's right in
0: dive right in guys
1: okay so this is a question that was emailed into us um basically this individual um stumbled upon
0: You know what? i'm gonna read this because daniel's having issues okay
1: God damn it. we need to expand the,
0: oh. the daniel's why you be unprepared there we go okay <laughs> so situation number one uh did you write this? Who no, wrote I just copy pasted okay. it. Okay. So this is what this person wrote. Okay. The first one is related to a story I stumbled upon on the internet a couple of weeks ago. Some supermarkets stopped buying certain coconut goods after the fact that these were produced with the help of chained monkeys transcended to the media. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. Probably you already did, but maybe even comment on it on social media. I don't know if you didn't. What do you think about this? This is why I think the vegan community should not only focus on the products, but also on the way and the conditions, including labor conditions, ecological costs, etc., in which they are produced, and the regulations or deregulations that makes them possible in the global market. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, so that's the first part. part, Should we read the second part and then just... Why
1: don't we answer the first part first? Okay,
0: so coconuts. Have you heard about this? I've known about this. So I
1: I have heard about this. So basically, I guess the scandal or the thing that was happening is some particular coconut producers or producers of coconut goods were using uh, the labor of monkeys. So they Mm -hmm. had monkeys that were chained or, or I'm not exactly sure. This is very
0: common practice. Actually, it's not just some, it's actually quite Quite common in, um, I think in certain countries, I don't know exactly which countries, but it is common in certain countries. So they Mm -hmm. do say that some coconut products, um, are pretty, you know, it's, they're tainted. Yeah. If you will.
1: But how do we know as consumers, which ones are tainted and which ones aren't?
0: I have actually looked at this before and (laughs) I had a list which, I mean, I feel bad saying this, but I, I guess I kind of like almost forgot about it. But mm-hmm. um, I had a list of certain products that were ethically sourced. So yeah. some of them will say like ethically, ethically sourced, sourced. Yeah. or, you know, like fair trade or whatever <clears throat> the word is. So that's probably what people need to look at. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's true that I don't think vegans should, and I don't think vegans do only focus on, you know, the product itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is important that we expand uh, on other things as well.
1: And consider the way, it, yeah, like consider the way it's yeah, produced as well. Absolutely. I think it's really different. This is a difficult one, not mm-hmm. in a sense, like once you find out or, you know, cause they were saying a lot of these supermarkets did this after the fact, but you right. know, Again, as consumers, sometimes we're buying products like maybe I'm buying products right now that I actually don't know necessarily because exactly. because the thing is, is, again, think about yourself as a consumer. When you're buying things, you don't actually have the time of day to look up every single product that you're buying. Yeah. So I think as consumers, you do need to be somewhat conscious, try to try to get those ethically sourced um, products. But also, if you do hear about these kind of things, then you can start investigating yourself. And like you said, try to avoid products that are um, not ethically sourced and using things, using, sorry, not things, but, you know, just not great ways to produce their goods.
0: Oh God. It's so hard though, because Mm. it's like, we're all part of this capitalist game and we have to do the due diligence of trying to figure out which products are ethical, and which products are not. And it's almost impossible because in so many different ways, so many things down the supply chain this might have some say, sort of unethical This practice. is what I was going to
1: say that's really difficult, especially you could buy something like a certain product, and you're right, like five chains down the supply yeah. chain where they use some kind of product to produce this finalized good, that might not be ethically sourced. Yeah. And that might be, so it, it, it is a challenge, and it's something that yeah. I think, you know, I do think there needs to be more pressure put on companies to start, you know, trying to be more ethical. And I think there is to some degree, but there's definitely not enough of it, you know?
0: Well, it's, it's a problem because we're in such a global market now. So everything that's produced, mm-hmm. it's probably produced in other countries yeah. and it's impossible to regulate what's going on in another country, which is why a lot of big companies end up maybe not even knowing mm. that their products are being sourced unethically. Exactly. Maybe they know it, maybe they don't, exactly. or maybe they're just turn, turning a blind eye because it's not in their country. But yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think that we can try our best um, mm-hmm. to purchase things that are ethically sourced. Yeah. And, um, but you're right. You know, not everyone has the time and the energy to look up every single item that we're buying. I mean, like, how do we know that, you know, this Perrier is ethically sourced? Hey, well, this is it,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, my...
0: it's plastic is all hail, Daniel. Oh, God damn. Mm-hmm. That ain't be ethical. <laughs> I can't <laughs> talk. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't ethical. Okay. And I think,
1: I think that's a challenge though. But I do yeah. think w- 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 in regards to this question is, yes, mm-hmm. I do think this is something that I do think, well, one, the vegan community. And I think also in some respects, the wider community as well. Well, everyone should at, be concerned yeah. with this. So
0: people put a lot of like pressure on vegans, but we're the ones doing a lot already. Yeah. And I'm not saying that makes us, you know, that should absolve us from the responsibility of doing more. Mm. But people do like to, uh, they do the whole, you're vegan. Why don't you care about this sort of thing with, You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. when people that don't really care about the environment will point fingers at somebody that claims to be an environmentalist, but maybe uses a straw once in a while. They're like, oh my God, you're using a straw. You're such a hypocrite Mm -hmm. because people just want to call it hypocrisy. But I don't think that's the case here. No. Um, I think like with veganism, it's... It's easier in a sense because we know certain products to avoid. So we know for mm. a fact that meat, you know, we're going to avoid it. It's unethical. We know we're going to avoid dairy. Yeah. But it's hard when it comes to these kind of like products that could be ethical, but are sourced potentially unethically, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, goddamn.
1: Good question, though. All right.
0: So that's part one. Part two. Uh, second question. What do we need to know in order to galvanize? What is ga- galvanize? Um, galvanize the sufficient por- portion of society to stand up for this cause because this cause is not only important for animals welfare. It's also crucial for the transition we all need to do. If we want to make human life sustainable on this planet, I think he means cause as in veganism. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we do that? Uh, I think the movement especially, or at least in Europe needs to needs more social awareness Mm. and less short sighted, short term entrepreneurship, um, just focus on pushing products and expanding certain markets as in i think what he's saying is that we need to focus on the bigger picture rather than focusing on creating more vegan products essentially yeah which i think that's a pretty good point actually Mm -hmm. um i do think a lot of the vegan movement is still very heavily um uh focused no no focused on just you know Creating the next vegan chocolate or the mm. next, you know, whatever. And it still feeds into that same system, mm-hmm. which is the capitalist system. And the question is is it fixing a lot of issues or are we just
1: creating new problems? I don't we're know if we're creating, creating new problems, problems or we're just
0: um, avoiding the real, uh avoiding talking about the real things that could potentially make the change. Because mm. sometimes I think about this too. I'm like, yeah. sure, we can avoid animal products. And I do think that does something for yeah. sure um but then we th- we talk about things like coconuts and um i think uh, we have to talk about things um that how do i say this we can't just focus on, oh, we just need to avoid animal products. And well, that's exactly. the, that's the end of the, that's the end of the discussion.
1: Because then that's not really, I mean, if you're just focusing on not eating animal products, then really you're not focusing on the, some of the wider issues, right? You're kind yeah. of, you're more making, and this might sound really bad, but you, it's more you're making a dietary choice to avoid animal products versus yeah some of the uh, like wider issues that are taking place. um I don't know. it It's hard. It's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I do think there needs to be more social awareness yeah and what I mean by that as well is um social awareness in a sense that I think there needs to be wider uh, more of a push and I'm sure this is happening in some degree already but more of a push on education systems and on um places where we learn about where food comes from yeah. I think that needs to be the big thing because I think about my education and I, I I brought this up when we talked about our vegan stories and a lot of this the products like Dairy, especially um, this kind of stuff, I didn't actually put two and two together that you know it came from a cow and you had to remove the baby and all this kind of stuff. Whereas I just feel like you know that more of this needs to be talked about and also you know this needs to be talked about in classrooms and it needs to start at a really young age. This education of where's our food coming from, the processes by which you know we're making meat and everything else, because then Mm -hmm. you know I think that's that's a wider education piece and creating more social awareness around these issues. So I think it needs to start. Well, I need, I mean, that's just a start. That's yeah. just an idea, but I think it does need to start totally. in the classrooms as well and start at a young age. To be honest,
0: yeah, I think that we need. Um, the problem is that corporate corporations have so much power mm. and so much money. So, I think that's partially why we don't learn about a lot of these things because you know these industries have so much money and power. Yeah. So they probably do all they can to make sure that we don't learn about these things at a young age. Yeah. So that's another thing. So I think that you know, the whole system does need to change to Mm -hmm. some degree and it's hard to change the whole system. So we can only start within the system, but somehow try to change the bigger, bigger system, which I don't know how to do. But at this moment, we only know how to work within this like kind of capitalist model that we have. So that's why the vegan products are coming out. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's a good thing, but
1: it's a step change, right? It's a step. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But we do need to keep having conversations and realize that, no, that's not the end of the story that's exactly. not going to fix everything. Because it's not
1: us just switching to doing one thing. Like, oh, exactly. you know, it's, it, there's a, there's a wider piece that needs to be looked exactly. at. Exactly. So. so
0: there's exploitation in many different levels, not just yeah. to animals, but to humans as well. And, um, obviously to monkeys apparently. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, there's no oh, goddamn. This world be this world be fucked up.
1: <laughs> it is fucked up. Um, it's funny because the person wrote at the end of this. Like, I hope that we find well, these are really good questions, by the way. Um, <laughs> we hope we find it interesting and not too dark, and that it sparks a good conversation. And it's I a think bit it, dark, dude. Yeah. It's a bit dark.
0: No, but it did spark pretty interesting conversation. Yeah. So
1: I think really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't pretend to have the answers. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, it's veganism is one step toward the direction of which we should be, you know fixing our society but i think the bigger picture is that we need to fix this like huge economic system that we've built and created um i'm not saying we need to get rid of the whole idea of capitalism altogether but i do think it's a problem when um corporations have so much power and they can pretty much do whatever they want to make money and exploit whoever they want to get you know <clears throat> bigger paycheck. Yeah. And it's not just,
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's, you're mm-hmm. right, it's exploitation of whoever they want. And the and, environment. And the environment. That's another big, yeah. a really big one that like does really bother me because so I think, I think again, it's getting a little bit better now because, you know, now companies, you know, for example, if they have an oil tanker going through the, you know, ocean and it, it bursts, they are responsible and you know, there will be a lot of pressure for them to clean up what's happened whereby, so there's some changes a little bit, Mm -hmm. but whereas in the past that wasn't a thing they could just, you know, things, a, a lot of large corporations, you know, 60, 70 years ago, they had a lot of, you know, big accidents and, you know, didn't really clean them up. So I think it is getting better, but again, it's but is it fast change? enough well this is the thing is it fast <laughs> enough that is that gon- is the question <laughs> oh, rose god. are we are we spiraling into self destruction I, d- I don't know
0: i think we might be oh god
1: <laughs> damn because we not we not making the change we won't make the change until we get slapped in the face oh
0: god you know this is the problem because this is it's like a how do i say it's like a self destructive system that we've mm. created because mm. we've created the system with Again, this capitalist idea of like constant growth, like we've talked about before, constant growth growth and constantly wanting to make more money and compete um, and have bigger products, faster products, more innovative products. And at what cost? Right. Because Mm. if you have to constantly grow and constantly make new products, Mm. of course, that's going to have issues on the environment. Yeah. And but then what? Then are we just going to pull back and say, okay, no, 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 we don't go with this anymore. Yeah. But then what?
1: Exactly. It's a really tough one. I actually, Mm -hmm. I think I might've talked about this on another podcast as well, but I saw this really, really good meme and it was like this like old man, like really old man. Obviously he was like passing away or whatever. And he had this like massive bag of coins Okay. and he was handing it to his, I don't know, grandson or something. Sure. And the grandson was sitting in like a desert with like all dead trees and wearing a gas mask. So it's like all this wealth was being passed right. down at what cost? You right. know, the environment's fucked now And here. Thank you for all this money. But what does what, that even you know, mean? What does that even mean now? Yeah. You know, so it's kind of a scary thing. Ah, um, uh, God, what's going to happen? Yeah. I think, I think this is something we can get into in another episode as well, like more it's in so detail, dark. but it is very, it's, a, I don't know if I want to spiral. I too mean, far we down we this. always talk about this kind of stuff though. Yeah.
0: And sometimes I feel like there's hope. And then mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, God damn it. We're fucked. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know i feel like we're too far gone i almost feel like we're too far gone and mm-hmm. i also feel like the majority of the world does not give a fuck yeah. well the majority of the world is like starving don't have enough food mm-hmm. and are barely surviving and then the other half the world um are you know we're just on social media and yeah. look, you know watching the kardashians and um you know it's just and
1: squirreling away money
0: yeah. Basically. So basically we fucked.
1: Oh God. <laughs> but mean, maybe
0: it, somebody else has a better theory. Mm-hmm. Leave us some comments yeah, guys. Let, let us know. Please give us some hope for the future. Yeah. <laughs> shall you, Shall we read a situation too, Daniel? Mm-hmm.
1: Can I read it? Yes,
0: of course. Okay.
1: <clears throat> so thank you again for your incredible podcast. Aww, thank you. Thank you. It's so brilliant and entertaining. I really love it. Here's my question for your next episode. How can we stop people pleasing how can we stop people pleasing and still be kind and polite with people? For instance, I'm trying to eat more and more plant-based still an omnivore, but I'm cooking a lot of recipes from cheap, lazy vegans channel.
0: Oh Lord.
1: And I'm now eating more and more plant-based, but my friends and family don't really understand it. And they think I'm being difficult. I'm French. I live in France. The vegan lifestyle is not really accepted in France. And even in the big cities, it's very difficult to find vegan options in restaurants. Um, the government still says that a plant-based diet is dangerous for children. For instance, we are way behind. Um, they act as if my choice was questioning their lifestyle when it's really about me and my decisions, but they don't see it that way. I want to keep being true and honest, um, with my journey, but it's so difficult to be in constant confrontation with people. What are your recommendations?
0: We want to start Daniel? God
1: damn, this be a really
0: hard, mm-hmm. this is a tough one. It's a tough one. Cause
1: anytime you're mixing, like not mixing, but like talking about, you know, friends and family and veganism it's always uh it can be a real challenge especially I guess it would be more difficult living in a country such as France where Mm -hmm. it's a little bit further behind I guess in the vegan movement and people don't really understand it as much as they do in other places I guess yeah um I guess one thing that we kind of mentioned before is just try to well first of all I would try not to be too this is my my take on it I try not to be too confrontational confrontational and I just try to get people to understand where I'm coming from. Um, and again, I I just think communication is the best thing. So just trying to like really um, communicate well with these with these people, these individuals, your friends, your family, to let them understand your reasons and why um, this is really, really important to you. Um, I think that's that that would be my kind of key advice and just try as best as you can. I know it can be hard, but just try not to be too confrontational with those that don't understand because sometimes it takes people time, you know? Yeah. And what about you? Oh, what what would you, you say? You'd be
0: finished. i would be finished. Okay. That'd be my
1: advice. That'd be
0: your vast short
1: and sweet and simple and to the point. <laughs>
0: that's, that's never the case. That's why I was waiting for you to keep going. <laughs>
1: You want me to finish my novel over here? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) God damn. Usually I'd be fighting for space on this map. This is true. Uh, uh, So yeah, like Daniel said, I think especially in the beginning when you're first starting out, that is when you will get the most amount of like backlash or confrontation from your friends and family because They're not used to it. It's something new to them. They don't understand. And I feel like people don't like change and Mm. they don't like when somebody they know changes. Mm -hmm. So they just don't really get it. So that's usually what happens in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then as time goes on and they realize that you're just doing your own thing, they'll just kind of have to accept it. You know, it's just like (laughs) they just get used to it and then they'll get bored with talking about it. Maybe they'll throw in a stupid joke once in a while, which still happens. But Mm -hmm. you know what? Whatever. Um, So I do think it will later on as you just, you know, this becomes more your life, Mm -hmm. it's going to become less of a factor. So that's one thing I want to, I want to note. And, um, you can absolutely be kind and polite with people, uh, but not, and not confrontational, but still stand up for whatever you lifestyle you're living of course yeah so
1: i always say kill them with kindness you know
0: damn daniels will you be good at that i ain't (laughs) i just kill them with my evilness (laughs) no so (laughs) i think that um you know as long as you are not trying to like push them Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't try to push them or you know be how do i say preachy uh, just kind of live your life, do your thing. If mm-hmm. they ask you kindly, like, you know, why are you doing this? And you can explain to them your yeah. reasons. But... Um try not to be like preachy on them because I agree then 100
1: percent exactly because think about us when we were younger mm-hmm. before we were we before we went vegan yeah if somebody we had met had been really preachy with us and yeah. had been really like pushing this on us mm-hmm. i would have almost like it would have put me off yeah you know what i mean well it wouldn't have necessarily put me off it might have made me think about it but mm-hmm. at the same time when somebody especially when i was younger if someone's telling me not to do something right i was just you want to like, do it yeah i was just like uh, well, yeah. yeah
0: and like even if the thing is, you might you, you can still, again, explain to people why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, like mm-hmm. veganism, for example, or eating more plant-based. Yeah. And, you know, you can explain it to them like, oh, I'm doing this because like it's beneficial because, you know, of me or whatever, or I believe it because of an ethical thing or whatever yeah. it is. Um. And you don't know how much that might impact them later on. So just because mm-hmm. they are like, okay, cool, whatever, doesn't mean that they're not thinking about it later.
1: As Rose likes to say...
0: Plant you plant the, the seed. seed. Yes.
1: <laughs> so even even by having these conversations, yes. and you might think in your mind, oh, they're not getting it. This is really frustrating. By even having this conversation with with your friends and family, you're already planting the seed. You're already exactly. making people start to th- not necess- not saying that they're gonna become vegan or anything, mm-hmm. but it starts questioning and they start they do start thinking about it. They think, Oh, okay, yeah, well, this person in my family is now eating eating vegan. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, there's a documentary on Netflix called uh, Game Changers or whatever. Maybe I'll check that out. You know, it, it starts people it starts the wheels turning basically
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: so yeah
0: yeah hope I, that answers your question it is harder obviously in certain countries like france for example if people don't understand um you know why you're doing it but mm-hmm. um i mean hopefully things will change soon
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is so true
0: all right what be next daniel what be so, next this is actually
1: oh this is an interesting one okay oh, and i i believe that this is actually from one of our patreons okay this question so Hi, Rose and Daniel. <laughs> hi, well, hi there. Hi there. <laughs> could you talk about forgiveness sometimes? You seem to get along with all kinds of people, regardless of what they eat. It's difficult for me to forgive people who are still in 2020 paying to have animals killed. I consider it a serious act of violence, and I have a feeling I'd be much happier, though, if I could find a way to forgive.
0: Oh, um. Goddamn. You want to start? God Do you damn. want me to start? Do you want to start this one, Rose? Well, give me some ideas. Oh, (laughs) goddamn. Well, here's my perspective. Obviously, everything is coming from our perspective. Yeah. My perspective is that people are not, people are a product of their environment and people are not evil or good. They're just a product of their environment and, of course, a mixture of a few other things. Mm. And I personally believe that a lot of what we decide to do is not actually simply our decision but a product of what society has made us uh so for example the reason why so many people eat animal products is because of the society in which we grew up and they may not know any better and that's just you know that's just how they have molded you know as a person Mm -hmm. and um so even if they might find out something because everyone else is doing it they might think it's acceptable Mm -hmm. so we do a lot of things uh because it's accepted in society, mm. so, so I don't know. For me, I don't see it as like. For me, I don't need to like forgive necessarily, yeah. because I don't think that it's necessarily people's faults that mm. they are deciding to eat animal products, even if they find out what it is. I don't know how to. Yeah. Do you see what? No, I'm saying? no. I know
1: what you mean. It's, it's 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 a tough one because you have to remember. Like I look at my myself and my own personal journey, and you know, yeah, I've discovered and I've learned a lot, and you know. Um, I'm vegan now but like in the past I wasn't like years and years ago Um, did that make me a bad person at the time no Um, and I just think that everyone like you said they're on their own journey right so uh, it's it's just such a tough one because you know like we even have like quite a few friends that they understand exactly where we're coming from and they appreciate Mm the the you know they understand, they said, basically every argument for veganism, you just can't, you can't argue against it, right? But they still eat meat. So it's, it's so hard because, you know, society in general, that like we're kind of a product of, like you said, the society that we grew up in and from the youngest age, from the day we're born, this is what we're kind of, the information that we're fed is that, you know, it's okay to eat all of these products and it's okay to, you know, buy eggs and do all this stuff. So you're... uh, Uh, It's a really tough one because, again, I don't look at it as forgiveness either. Mm -hmm. I look at it as, you know. uh,
0: I don't know. It's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard to. I get it. I get why. Because it is obviously a violent thing because Mm -hmm. the the end result is that animals are being, you know, slaughtered and they're Mm -hmm. killed and they're suffering. So, of course, the logical thing would be that if you're a good person, you wouldn't contribute to that. Mm -hmm. So that's the logical way to think, but we're very not logical Mm -hmm. as a species. And, um, we behave in ways, depending on the social construct and Mm -hmm. what's happening in our society. So like for even like even acts of violence, not that I would forgive, but you have to understand it comes from somewhere. Cause we always talk about this. Like Mm. if somebody is like a serial killer, for example, Mm. usually they come from an extremely abusive childhood. Yeah. Right. So they went through hell and back as a child. Maybe they got abused. Maybe they got, you know, beat up. Maybe they were never loved. Maybe they never had proper parents to tell them any better. Mm -hmm. And then they grow up and become serial killers or, you know, very violent people. I wouldn't look at... It's hard not to look at them as evil people. Mm. And this is an extreme example. Obviously, I'm not saying that people that eat animal products are serial killers. Okay? I'm just making an analogy here. And it's... So when you look at that, the most extreme example, and even from that example, you can see that it's... There's a pretty direct correlation between, you know, the violence that you commit and, you know, the kind of violent environment that you grew you grew up in. Yeah. So you have like if you understand that then I think it's a bit easier to I guess like forgive in a sense or understand mm-hmm. at least
1: understand where other people are coming exactly. from exactly yeah.
0: because I even have I do have um, empathy for those people even if they commit serious acts of violence Yeah. It, like directly like killing mm-hmm. other people or something like that I still can find it in my heart to at least understand because yeah I know that like who knows if I grew up in that kind of environment, Mm. I could have become whatever horrible person. This is just that we don't, we don't know. Exactly. So So. I try to put myself in that position as Mm. well. Mm. So it's hard. It's hard. Um, but hopefully that kind of helps understand. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hope that any
0: yeah. closing remarks on that one.
1: No, again, I mean, it's a challenging one. And I, again, I, I understand where you're coming from. um, And I just think, yeah, just taking a step back and thinking and trying to be, you know, understanding and empathetic of where other people are, you know, their background and what they're coming from as well. Mm-hmm. And again, remember that we are kind of a product of the society that we grew up in. And, you know, it's a completely different way of, you know, thinking i guess you know what mm-hmm. i mean so yeah it's a tough one it I is think so, but well
0: hopefully that helped hopefully that helped a little bit mm-hmm. next <laughs> all God right damn. And this one is
1: also from one of our patreons okay um so this one is a little bit interesting <laughs> i have a sort of fuzzy understanding of intersectional veganism but not all clear about it basically i don't know jack <laughs> <laughs> would i be right in s- assuming being a minimalist and vegan would be intersectional or is it more like that any light to shed
0: do you know anything about intersectionalism
1: um it means like it's like thinking outside of just so veganism focuses more on like the animal uh, animal and ethical part of that Mm -hmm. whereas intersectional would be looking at women's rights and you know minimalism i guess would be also lumped in there um, when it looks at wider societal yes so it's kind of
0: like what we talked about in the first kind of bit yeah because so yeah so from my understanding i don't know that much either Mm -hmm. but yeah from my understanding it's exactly what you said It's basically it's it's looking at not just veganism because veganism is just looking at one kind of
1: piece of the pie piece of the pie yeah
0: whereas intersectional veganism would be well or intersectionalism would be looking at everything and how it all kind of Mm. connects and all of the different ways of oppression and discrimination Mm -hmm. toward women people of color um or just like the mm. whole kind of shebang. So an environment as yeah. well. So uh uh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I so think, being yeah. a v- minimalist and vegan could be I guess potentially considered as intersectional but yeah. I do think you maybe you need a little more than that. I don't I know. I agree.
1: I think I think <laughs> basically the my my take on intersectionalism and again I don't know I'm not I've never researched it or gone yeah. full in in depth. But, but again, my understanding of intersectionalism is the way that I look at it is just generally being a, you know, educated and um, compassionate person, because as a vegan, you're thinking about animal rights and the ethics behind that. Um, but why shouldn't that be conveyed also for, you know, Black Lives Matter, women's rights, gay rights, I think it all kind of, it kind of can encompasses just generally being a compassionate person Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. looking at all of these other issues outside of just veganism. That's a really important part of it. But thinking about thinking about the whole picture basically. Right. And understanding and trying to, you know, um, I guess live your life in a compassionate, compassionate way. That's the way I kind of look Mm -hmm. at it because you are thinking of, outside of, you know, outside of just veganism. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it's
0: like a bigger picture thing. Kind of like what we discussed. Just Mm. because you stop eating meat doesn't mean all the problems are solved. Exactly. So, so yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a debate of... um, Amongst vegans that are like... Some people say that every vegan should be like intersectionalist or... And then some other vegans say, no, veganism is just about veganism. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot to be discussed. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think that there is... It's it is kind of I see both sides to that kind of argument. So I see the side of which, like we said, I think it's important to look at the bigger picture and look at different ways of, you know, our fucked up society Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, try to fix, you know, the whole thing. But I also understand the perspective of vegans that say, no, we need We need a specific movement just for animals Mm -hmm. and we need to focus on the animals because this is a huge issue that Mm -hmm. no one's really talking about. I understand that to some extent because we extend that generosity to other aspects of, uh, you know, social issues like, for example, Black Lives Matter. If you start talking about veganism, when you start talking about Black Lives Matter, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm You know what I mean?
1: And they'll also start thinking maybe the messages are going to get like diluted. Yes, and it's exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah, so I can see that. if
0: if we're not, if we also have to talk about every other issue under the sun, when we talk about veganism, then why is that not extended in other areas? Er- like people get offended, for example, mm. if you start talking about veganism, when you're talking about women's rights or gay mm. rights or um, black, uh, black rights or co- people of color rights, whatever yeah. it is. And so it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like that's yeah. just like. It's kind of, uh, I guess it's a bit hypocritical to say that you should care about it all. But then mm-hmm. if you talk about veganism, when you talk about women's rights, you can't get offended. Because yeah. if it's all intersectional, then we should. So it, it kind of, yeah, you're right. It dilutes the message. Mm. So I get that argument as well. Yeah. I do think we should all care about 100%. issues. hundred percent.
1: I think that, yeah, I think, again, I think to me, mm-hmm. my, my takeaway about being an inter- intersectional vegan is just... You know, being a compassionate person and, and caring and wanting to know what's going on and knowing mm-hmm. about other other struggles such as Black Lives Matters, yeah. Black Lives Matter and all of those kind of things. So mm-hmm. I think it's 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 important. But I see what you mean. Like when it comes to the activism side. Yeah. The message can definitely get diluted, mm-hmm. I feel. And I do think that also you you run the risk of the message getting diluted and I could also see that if you were, you know, talking about women's rights and gay rights and animal rights, somebody might look at you and just be like, Oh, this person is so, <laughs> they'll be like, they're so annoying. They're so whiny. They're talking about right, all right, of this, right, all right. of this, you know, too much stuff. Mm, okay. So I could see that being, they, they might think that that person's just extra and they're just trying to like, you know, right create
0: be a, like a i don't know social justice warrior exactly exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. so which again I mean, nothing wrong with that yeah nothing wrong with that you i should, could yeah. see that being a, an issue as well with with regards to the activism side but again right. i think i think again my takeaway is that it's just about being a compassionate person mm-hmm. good takeaway daniel yeah god
0: damn okay Goddamn. We, we got a lot so of this savage actually lies. this
1: next one is specifically for rose i think because <laughs> this is very
0: excuse me yep yeah, it's
1: specifically okay for you.
0: you read it to me i feel attacked already Adv- oh
1: yeah you should advice <laughs> I legit seem to be unable to understand what the fuck balance is. <laughs> I, ca- <laughs> I currently own an early learning center. closed due to the COVID. Um, she has a book idea that she's been working on. Uh, and her mom and her do, started early children childhood videos. Why are you reading it like this? In English and Spanish. It seems like I'm always so busy. Even right now with our center shut down until further notice, I still feel like I don't have enough time in a day and in life. My life always feels like a race because I want to accomplish so many things with my time on earth. Plus I'm almost 30 and may have children one day and I have, and I have this concept of doing it all before children. Um, okay. So the question, how do you find balance in being productive slash making your dreams a reality slash resting? And how can you be happy regardless of where you are in relation to accomplishing your goals? When I see documentaries like Kevin Hart, he freaking hustles, hustles, hustles. It makes me want to hustle, hustle, hustle. But I also wonder how healthy that is. Rose, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. You think I have no balance?
1: No, I think you're getting. I think you're getting better with balance. God damn. So,
0: uh, well, I mean, apparently you think I have this issue, so I don't think I can give it my advice. Yeah, I, think,
1: I think you can because I think you've gotten better.
0: Oh, you think? Well, okay. So yes, I'm definitely uh a very similar person to this person, mm-hmm. okay? So I get you. I, I feel you. Mm-hmm. Um I'm all about the, you know, the maximizing, you know. You're a maxi- you're <laughs> I'm a maximizer. I am a maximizer. I'm all about I want to do everything. Yeah. And even now if I could sit down and I could write down all the things I want to do, I'm sure I could come up with a pretty big list, mm-hmm. but I don't have time. Yeah. I think number 1 is recognizing that unfortunately as much as we want mm. We only have limited time. Okay. So we have to prioritize. Everything is a sacrifice. Yeah. So if you're working on your, you know, a bunch of your, you know, business projects and career advancements, you have to understand that that is potentially a a bit of a sacrifice of what you might, you know, of your travel plans or, you know, you wanting to, you know, raise a family. Okay. And it doesn't mean that you can't do all of these things, but you just can't do it all to the extent that you want. Mm -hmm. So... I think that's, you have to recognize that because it's impossible. Yeah. Um, and I think the second thing would be like, why are you doing this? Like ask yourself, why do you feel the need to fill your time with everything and do everything? Because is it because you're chasing, you think that you're going to be happy when you achieve these things? Or is it like, what is it? Like you have to ask yourself that question because sometimes what happens is like you hustle, 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 like maybe Kevin Hart, and then you get to the spot that maybe you always wanted to be at. Mm. and then you realize like you're not really that happy or you're not really that satisfied. Like what was I hustling for? Why was I doing this? Mm. So that's something that I think you should, you need to ask yourself. Um, and what you value at the end of the day. Yeah. Like you, you have to come up with like maybe three core values Mm. maybe, and then recognize that, you know, you can't have it all.
1: Yeah. And I think also exactly, this is it. There is limited. That's a really good point. There's limited time in the day. Um, And I think also while it's really good, and I think it's important to have some, that sense of hustle and that sense of getting stuff done and that sense of You know, having lots of projects going on, because actually I'm kind of like this last couple of weeks, like has been kind of a weird one for me because I've been, you know, unemployed and whatever else. Um, But I prefer it when my life's actually go, go, go. And I Mm -hmm. have more things going on because actually I'm more productive. But at the same time, I think this one is really, really important is that you also take time to do the things that you enjoy. So, for example, you know, you're saying that you eventually want to have children one day, um, you know and all of that kind of stuff. I'm not saying like go out and have a child, but what I'm saying is make sure that you're taking time for yourself as well. So, yeah, and, and maybe that means that unfortunately you might have to schedule it into your day, but you know, just make sure that you make a little bit of time to kind of maybe go and have some fun with your friends or whatever else to kind of take your mind off of wor- working in the hustle all the time. I'm not saying that you shouldn't continue to do the hustle because I think that's a good thing, Mm -hmm. but just be mindful of the toll that it it could take if you focus too much on that and not enough on maybe your personal and other other relationships as well. And Mm -hmm. also your own, um, mental health, mental health. Yes. So I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. Because like I definitely like burnt out at some Mm -hmm. points and, uh, that's not a good, uh, that's not a good thing. And Mm -hmm. when you burn out, you kind of like, don't want to do anything. You're kind of like, Oh my God, like you're stressed. But, and you have a million things to do, but you don't want to do it. And it's just like, anyways, so you might want to try to avoid burnout because yeah. at the end of the day, usually when you hustle like this, you're going to burn out eventually. Yeah. So you need to make time. You're right. Like you might want to schedule it in your day. That's what I usually do. Mm. I'll schedule. I do have a very uh, color coded <laughs> yeah. Google calendar. Rose
1: really does. And it's quite funny. So,
0: but then I make, I definitely make some time for the mm. friends, for my family time yeah. where I just kind of like try to turn off and not, you know, focus on work and stuff. Mm. So that's my way of finding balance is scheduling it. In. Is that, is that kind of counterintuitive? No. <laughs>
1: scheduled in the balance <laughs> time. nobody do. But I think it's by taking the time for those things that you enjoy Yeah, is that you are able to, to have more of a balance. Mm-hmm. So whether you have to schedule that in or not, at least you're making time still to do things that are outside of work that you're enjoying, that maybe it's hanging out with a friend or spending some time with your parents or whatever it may be. Yeah. But it's taking that time away from the hustle.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she also asked, see, this is a deep question. Mm-hmm. How can you be happy regardless of where you, in relation to... Where you are in relation to accomplishing your goals. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. You can't wait for happiness. This is the problem. A lot of people will hustle, hustle, hustle because they think when I get there, when I achieve it. Yes, this is what I used to think. Mm -hmm. When I achieve something or when I get, you know, children or when I have a family Mm -hmm. or when I, you know, get whatever it is that you want to get, mm. they think that that's going to bring them some kind of happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. And yeah. it's never been the case. It never will be the case mm. based on like pretty much every single study, no demand yeah. about happiness. Yeah, It's never happened. A lot of people in Hollywood achieve their dreams. A lot of people in Hollywood are depressed. Yeah, Why is that? Because they probably hustle really hard to get to wherever it is. And I'm not saying you shouldn't try to achieve these things, yeah. but you can't expect happiness to come
1: from it, from that achievement.
0: Exactly. Yeah it's the same thing with even having a family or getting mm. married. You can't expect these external things to bring you some kind of exactly you know ecstasy or happiness. So mm. there are different things that you could do right now. For example, again, spending time with friends and family is a big one when it comes to happiness. Yeah. So, you know, a- appreciating that and you have to somehow learn to be happy right now. Um, mm-hmm. even as you're hustling, even as you're working towards your goals mm-hmm. and there's different ways of doing that. You can Google that goal, go Google, like how to be happy or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but do not expect to get to some place and then magically be happy. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. It's
1: so important. That's such an important point because mm-hmm. again, like happiness is not going to, all of a sudden when you tick a certain box at some point, you're going to re- achieve this, this, uh, you know, elusive happiness. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like, Oh, you know, oh if I hit a certain salary goal, yeah. like if I'm making, I don't know, hundred K a year. I'll be happy at hundred K. Then you hit hundred K and you're like, well, don't feel that different. Not that much happier. Exactly. Maybe 150 K. That's my new goal. Mm-hmm. Get to 150 K. I'm going to be, I'm sure I'm going to be happy at 150 k a hundred percent. Get there and you're like, okay, well, and then what's next? You know what I mean? So you, yeah. I think, I feel like if you look at happiness that way, you're always going to be chasing it. Yeah. And you're never going to be getting it.
0: Exactly. It's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought when I became a YouTuber or mm-hmm. before I became a YouTuber, mm-hmm. like full time. Yeah. And then, uh, I thought, oh, like when I get this dream job that I want, I'm going to be happy. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not saying I wasn't happy, but then I became a full-time YouTuber and I realized I was like, I wake up and I'm like, I feel the same. Like I'm still the same person. I'm not different. I'm not like, you know, waking up, you know, in heaven or anything, you know, I'm still the same person. And I think a lot of people, and I felt a sense of disappointment at that time because Mm. I thought, I thought there was more, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I thought I would feel, is this it? Yeah. You know? Is this, is this what a dream job feels like? Yeah, like yeah. the same? Mm. <laughs> and I'm not saying I wasn't happy. I'm totally happy with my job. Absolutely. Yeah. But I had to learn different ways of realizing that there's nothing like a job is not g- going to give me happiness, no. you know? So hopefully that helps. Yeah. Goddamn. It'd be deep as hell. These questions. We, gosh. I, oh we, my God, how many questions? Oh, Goddamn. There'd be a lot.
1: Yeah. The two, there's two more rows. Oh,
0: Goddamn. Do we? we got we got the times okay yeah. can i read this one you sure can okay guys situation number 6 <laughs> hello i'm messaging you to request a topic for a podcast i am to a fellow vegan and a canadian going into grade 9 Aw. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I always look forward to listening to your podcast, especially during this time. I've been listening since the beginning and I always get excited when a new episode comes out. Aww, oh, thank you. I seriously could listen to you guys talk for hours. Now, uh, for my idea, I'm aware that you guys have been vocal with your stance on Black Lives Matter. I even watch Rose's response to Freely. <laughs> I know that you guys, you are a current events podcast, but I think this is pretty important. I would love to hear you discuss the stands if other... Ve- Oh, the stands of other Unvegans. vegans on this topic, Unnatural Vegan or Freely, etc. They both had controversial takes. I know that Rose is aware of Unnatural Vegan and has watched some of her videos because she commented on one. She made two controversial videos about Black Lives Matter and many of her viewers were not happy. As a person of color myself, the videos came across as tone deaf and had an all lives matter tone. She made some remarks that made me feel uneasy. Vegan Cuts posted an all lives matter post. Ultimately, they took it down and apologized. I would love to hear you guys talk about some people about how some people can be so passionate about saving animals but not support Black Lives Matter. I know that you guys are a current events podcast now, but in my opinion, racism is always relevant. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very so Very
1: good, very good question.
0: Very good question. Mm-hmm. Um so Unnatural Vegan, I don't know if you've seen her video. I haven't. No. I don't I think I watched some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh some people did comment for me to watch it mm-hmm. i think i watched some of it i did not watch all of it yeah. um i'm trying to rem- i feel like her video i didn't watch it uh i think i need to really focus on it because i felt like her video was kind of all over the place mm. because in some level i could tell that she was in support of black lives matter i think but then on on other levels i felt like uh she was I under- think,
1: undermining it almost yeah i don't I, can't like- remember, I think
0: i think sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what she was saying was that vegans shouldn't be forced to post about Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter, Matter uh, because that's not... Yeah, I'm, okay, now I remember a little bit. So I think her like stance was that vegans should not be forced to talk about Black Lives Matter. They shouldn't be forced mm. to support Black Lives Matter almost. And I think that's where... Maybe that's where people got really you know offended. Yeah. I think that... I, I do think that maybe... I'm trying to think absolutely it was tone deaf I yeah. do think that like what is the point I, I I did feel like what is the point of having that conversation yeah. when we could be having the conversation about the actual mm-hmm. substance of the topic yeah because you know if you have a situation where there's some vegans that are like ignoring the you know Black Lives Matter situation and some vegans that are posting about it yeah you know would it would probably be more productive to talk about how why we shouldn't be ignoring this issue because it is a big issue that's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she is a, is uh, an all lives matter type of person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it's hard for me to comment on it because I don't think I paid enough attention and to I that actually,
1: video. And I apologize. I actually have yeah. not seen this video, so, yeah. so I So let watch, me just
0: let's look at it from the bigger perspective. Yeah, from, of what from she's from saying. Basically, when she said mm-hmm. about so how, the all lives matter thing, what do you think about people posting the whole all lives matter thing?
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, I feel like it undermines. The, mm-hmm. the whole black lives matter movement mm-hmm. because the, because at the end of the day i'm not saying like the whole concept of all lives matter mm-hmm. does makes it's like all lives do matter i'm not dis, course, i'm not disagreeing yeah. with that the reason that black lives matter became an issue well didn't become an issue has been an issue is because of systemic racism. Yes. So like me and Rose talked about this in a lot of detail yeah. because we watched the documentary of the 13th. Yes. And also there was the the whole incident that happened with Khalif Browder, the, his story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just see time and time again. And like, this is something that has been built up specific. Well, not just specifically in the U S but like, that's where there's a, a, yeah. a really big problem. Um, and so by saying that all lives matter. And again, I don't want people to think that I'm saying that all lives don't matter because they do, but by Branding it as, well, it shouldn't be black lives matter. It should be all lives matter. It just undermines the movement because the whole reason why this whole black lives matter movement has been happening for so many years is because of systemic racism. Mm -hmm. And is because of the way that society has been treating, treating black, black individuals Mm -hmm. or people, people, persons of color, um, that they, that, that, it's not an all lives matter situation right now because of the systemic racism that occurs to people of color. Yes. So that's why I think, you know, I just feel like it undermines the, it undermines the kind of point and the message that the, that I feel like black lives matter was trying to get across.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. I think yeah. that a lot of people and not all people, there are definitely people that were like pretty racist that were like all lives matter, all that yeah. stuff. Okay. But I do think some people, just didn't understand they just didn't understand Mm -hmm. black lives matter um and they just thought maybe because i know for a fact that there were some people that posted something about all lives matter because they thought this is the message that i want to send yeah because all lives matter and maybe they in in their head because it sounds good right like all lives matter so in their head they're thinking i'm supporting you know black black lives and racist Mm anti-racism So I want to give people the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. that I don't think that necessarily everyone that went, all you know, matter. that said all lives matter necessarily meant that, you know, they support the all lives matter agenda. I think, I think that a lot of people mm-hmm. just didn't understand. Yeah. And once they did understand, maybe they, they deleted it. I'm not sure if that's the case with any of these people that you mentioned, mm-hmm. but I do think some people, um, and I think what happened is that unfortunately, because this issue to a lot of people is a new issue, which it shouldn't be. But to yeah. a lot of people, it became such a big, you know, social media thing, which mm-hmm. it should have been. But I think people, um, there was a lot of different confusing messaging. Yeah. And some people uh, just didn't know what to say. So they just said something that may have come across as very, you know, insensitive or mm-hmm. tone deaf. But maybe that's not what they meant. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know about this whole, these You know, this whole thing. Uh, But the Freely video, inexcusable. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know (laughs) if you guys have seen it. But that video, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, I need to make a video. Yeah. Because it's like, I can understand. Again, there's a lot of like nuance. I keep using that word and I'm not sure if I'm using it right. But every situation, there's like some nuance to the situation, right? So I try to look at every situation differently. Not everything is under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. I did not think that Unnatural Vegan's video and Freely's video were on the equal. Like um, pl- playing. Yes. Games. Yeah. Because I do think that Freely's video was far worse mm. because she was just like, I don't. Anyway. It's just Freely though. Like, oh my God. It's like, true. She's,
1: she's just like. <laughs> uh, every time She's I something like, else. Like Freely. Seriously.
0: Okay. Freely. 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 Like, oh, God. oh God. She okay. is a character. Oh, uh, I feel anyway. like sometimes I feel like she's not real. Yeah. <laughs> god uh yeah so i mean i feel like she just does this thing where she feels the need to constantly be against the grain like mm. or like go against the grain
1: or against what everyone's yeah. talking about yeah. i mean
0: which in some circumstance sure but again you need some like look at every situation differently maybe mm. what's happening right now you know is something that you want to support yeah and she just uh oh, her video just bothered me on so many levels <laughs>
1: Well, but anyways, it's want- okay
0: because I made a response video and donated the, uh, and did a, did a, what do you call it? A donation. Uh, there was a fundraiser yeah. and I also donated the, the ad revenue yeah. to, uh, an anti-racism organ The NW, what was it? N-A-A-C-P, again, guys. Something about anti-racism. Yeah, yeah. A big organization. Yeah. So, uh, something good came out of that. Exactly. <laughs> of freezing exactly. video. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Yeah. Shall we continue? <laughs> um.
1: So, yeah, I think, I think, yeah,
0: but yeah, we do need to keep talking about it.
1: A hundred percent. And, I, and, yeah, I, and yes. I also agree with um, this person's comment that this is something that is always relevant. So, Absolutely. you know, yes, we kind of switched the, the I guess the theme, not the theme, but like we are going to be talking about current events. Um, But you're right. A lot of that is going to mm-hmm. weave into, and yeah. there's going to be, you know, like you said, this is always going to be topical because there's always, yeah. I feel like there's, unfortunately, there's always going to be situations in the future that are going to happen that are going to have some kind of tone of, or underlying tone of racism. Yeah, So that will we- we'll be...
0: We need to do an episode on uh, Canadian uh, racism against Aboriginals. That's true. Because that's something that, again, we see, that's another thing. I realized I had a f- few conversations recently where I realized that, like, I don't think it's as numerically significant because there, there aren't as many natives as, many, as yeah. there are, you know, African Americans in uh, the US. Mm. But some of the things that have happened to natives and still happen still as a result of what happened to them earlier and still now with the policies that we have, we are, you know, kind of doing similar things. Mm -hmm. Um, and we kind of, because there aren't as many of them, I feel like our society just pushes them away. Mm. It's actually a problem. And also not just because there aren't as many, Mm -hmm. but because they're living in, uh, like reserves, reserves. And we kind of, you know, our government, um, whether knowingly, like intentionally or unintentionally, mm-hmm. now now it's become like a system. Yeah. But you know, we kind of just like put them aside where mm-hmm. we can't see the well, Aboriginals.
1: And also, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. not a hundred percent on this, but I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, no, actually, I'm like like ninety nine point <laughs> nine percent sure because I th- recall doing a paper in university yeah. on this actually, um, and there was a it's about the basically um they make up a small percentage the um, native americans make up a small yeah. percentage of the canadian population however they're vastly overrepresented in the prison system oh 100% so you're having this similar kind of yeah, thing but just to similar. a smaller scale yes but the similar kind of outcomes yeah. as to what's going on in the That's us true. so it would be a very interesting thing to talk yeah. about actually
0: cuz like you know when i when i mentioned that like the problem isn't as like i thought the problem wasn't you know as bad in canada mm. but then i'm like Is it only because did I only think that because um there aren't as many? Mm. You know? Because it's not as numerical. And and again, we've we've kind of I don't wanna say this, but like the government has almost uh segregated. Segregated, Yeah. Yeah. So then we don't see them. Out of sight,
1: out of mind, right? Yeah,
0: and it's and it's sad because when we do see them, a lot of them because of, you know, the years of getting, you know, mistreated Mm-hmm. A lot of them have a lot of drug problems and alcohol problems. Yeah. So then, what are we going to think? We're already going to think we're going to have judgments exactly. about these people, even yeah. though it's not their fault. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole new topic. That's
1: another Woo! another thing that we need to get into.
0: But that's something that um yeah we we need to do a little more research on, and maybe we'll do a uh, mm. an episode on that. Yeah. Okay, Daniel, you you go. This you is go. the last one. Okay. Oh, it'd be about racism again. Oh, We'd be coming to racism, <laughs> anti-racism podcast. Hey,
1: hey guys, I already submitted a question, but if there's room for another one, I wanted some advice. I'm making an animated video for children elementary to teach them about racism. I have it all on a storyboard, um, storyboarded out, but feel a little stressed wanting to make sure it conveys the best message and impact as possible. Upon doing research, I feel strong about what I came up with, but like to ask your thoughts on what you would tell children regarding what, what is racism and how to lead them the right way. Woo. Thank you so, so much. That's hard. Wow.
0: What would you tell children if you had little Daniels running around? What would you tell them? Ah,
1: I don't Way know. to put me on the spot. I actually,
0: I don't know how to talk to kids. I know
1: this is the thing. <laughs> I don't know how to talk to kids. Um, Gosh, this is actually... This is actually really hard. This hard. Because, um, like, what do you tell children? I mean, I just... I I try... I would... Oh. What would you tell your children, Rose? I mean... Oh, my God.
0: I don't know. Okay. Well, okay. Again, we are not qualified to be, mm-hmm. you know, telling children anything. No. <laughs> um, um, I think I would try to... I think what I would try to do is... Um,
1: I think if they were... Oh, sorry.
0: Sorry. I, I think I would try to put a positive spin on it and not mm. necessarily talk about like, oh, there are some people that think that certain races are not good enough. Like, I would, I don't think I would put it that way. Mm. I would maybe just say that no matter... Like, we're all different because mm. we all have different backgrounds and different, you know, yeah. color of skin and different hairstyle, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think I would say something about how none of it... Like, we're all born in ways that we can't control. Yeah. And none of that really matters because we're all, you know, like you know, we're all living sentient humans and yeah, I don't know. I think I would do the mm -hmm. same thing,
1: especially for young children. I think it's important to be like, you know, just to identify that we're all, uh, what was this? There was a really good expression where it's like, you know, basically we are, I mean, we are all, the same internally. yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? We have like very similar internal anatomy. It's just like, you know, we all happen to like look different, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that I would want to try to get across to my kids or to young children. It's just that, you know, everyone comes in all different shapes, sizes, uh, ethnicities, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I think that would be the best way to start them at a very young age. And actually, there was a really interesting show just to talk about like racism and, and children and just shows you I feel like, well, racism is something that's built up through um, society. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a child, you're not innately racist um, because I remember watching this really cute. I think it was in the UK. It was like a BBC show or something. Mm. And it was like, they were watching um, basically like kids in um, ECS or really young kids, like five years old. Right. Mm -hmm. And at that time, all of the kids would, like, hang out with each other regardless of color. None of that mattered. Right, right. They were just all very, very friendly. And it's not until a bit later on that sometimes, you know, racist right. stuff starts to come out. But in the beginning, when we're all innocent yeah. and sweet little angels. Sweet little
0: angels before so, we get corrupt by society.
1: Exactly. So I think, yeah, I think that would be the most important message is that is that although we all, you know, we look different, you know, uh-huh. we're, we're all humans. We're all the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, God damn. that'd be
1: my message and good luck with your presentation. I'm sure mm-hmm. it sounds like you've done a lot more research than us and probably, <laughs> you know, you probably teach children. So you would know kind of like <laughs> yeah. what to tell them.
0: We're like, we don't teach kids. We yeah. don't know what we're doing.
1: So and I think and you know what? Actually, the fact that you're, you know, doing this in a classroom, I think that's fantastic to talk about, you know, racism and talk to kids about, you know, trying to steer them the right way, I guess. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's really fantastic that that's taking place in classrooms.
0: Yeah. Is yeah. it in a classroom or Okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah,
1: and animated for children in elementary to teach them. So yeah, elementary. Oh, she elementary. could just be
0: she could just be showing. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Anyways, right, anyways <laughs> anyway, either way, they gonna see a video.
0: Oh um, God.
1: Yeah. So, Interesting. I think that concludes this episode of the All Savage right. Slash.
0: God. Thank you guys. That that was seven different situations.
1: Situ- situations that you submitted. Wow. To I am us. impressed. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you guys. I, I mean, how long? God, sorry if we made you wait guys. I'm sorry. We yeah, can't do these a, very often. I
1: know it's getting a bit like, we mm-hmm. st- I think we still want to do them. Yeah. Right? They, we do,
0: but like yeah. they might not be timely. I'm just yeah. warning you. So if you guys still want to submit any, uh, you know, problems or issues or situations Mm -hmm. or questions that you may have for us for the next episode of the savage slice you can email us at the savage Podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. or send us a little DM on the yeah. Instagram
1: Slide into, slip into <laughs> our DMs on Instagram mm-hmm.
0: uh, and then have, mm-hmm. yeah we have
1: a lot of fun discussing these and stuff so yes. yeah keep them coming but um, realize that
0: they may not be timely Yeah, they, I may, do apologize. they, they <laughs> might not
1: be right away but <laughs> we will get around to it you know we'll try our best mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: and um, yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this mm-hmm. episode don't forget to check us out on Patreon yeah. we do an episode every month a bonus episode only for the patrons that's okay true. so that's patreon.com slash the savage podcast the link is in the show notes of course follow us on instagram at the savage podcast and uh yeah any other anything else to say
1: thank you so much for listening
0: bye guys see you next week bye
1: Bye.